Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free whilst lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, normally in our schedule, I try and release one episode a week. But when I feel that there's something important, something that I want to bring to your attention, um, I really want to... um, do an, another episode on it, which is is different than some of what I've done in the past, because now there's all kinds of cool investment stuff to talk about. And one thing that I've gotten a lot of questions about is this. What are these I-bonds that I keep hearing about? What the heck are they? Should I be using it? How should I be using it? What should that look like? So I wanted to dedicate an episode today to I-bonds, and talk a little bit about them, pros and cons, and things you should think about. And um, what I, I get excited about when um, the, the time is right, and in this particular episode today, I love doing them because this is something that I actually cannot do for you. This is something that literally there's no possible conflict of interest for me. Uh, I-bonds are something you have to do yourself. So first, um, with that that being said, what is an I-bond? An I-bond is a savings bond that is issued by the U.S. government. So um, think of it as as like a, a CD where you put money in it and you get some interest and it's very, very, very safe. You know, I often ask people, hey, on a scale of one to 10, where would you rank yourself? Or where would you rank an investment? So for example, like if you look at the S&P 500 as an index, I would, I would put the index at like a seven on a scale of one to 10. I would put uh, that the aggregate bond index, the biggest bond index out there is probably like a three. Uh, I would put the NASDAQ, the tech-heavy index, as like a 9 or maybe a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, I would put um, a high-yield bond fund as like a 6, just to give you an idea of the scale. I'd put a money market a 1. I would put a savings bond, a Series I savings bond, as a 1. I mean, it's, it's backed by the faith of the U.S. government. So as long as we maintain a pristine uh, rating, which I think for the next three, four years is likely to be the case, I consider this extremely low risk. I mean, it's like a bank account because a bank account is backed by FDIC insurance. FDIC insurance comes from the government. So if you don't believe in FDIC insurance, then you don't believe in a bank account being safe. You know, so therefore... Uh, I-bond should be the same (laughs) ranking for you as having a bank account with FDIC insurance, in my opinion, anyhow. Um, So um, an I-bond is different than an EE bond or a TIP 
or TIPS, um, which are also bonds issued by the government. And I-bond is fascinating in that um, it's a combination of a fixed rate with inflation tacked onto it. So right now, as I look at my computer screen today on June 7th, 2022, the current fixed rate for bonds issued from May through October of 2022 is 9.62%. Probably, you know, if you look at like a, a five-year U.S. Treasury that's yielding around uh, 3% right now. So you can have a good idea that they probably have inflation tacked on of 6.62 on top of the 3% fixed. So you get those two together and this rate changes every six months. So you're not locked into 9.62% forever. As a matter of fact, um, you can hold the bonds for as long as 30 years. And um, there's a penalty if you cash it out um, before five years. So you can hold it for one year. One year is a minimum. You can't cash it out at nine months. But you have to hold it for a minimum of one year. If you cash it out before five, there's a penalty. So let's hypothetically say that inflation is really high the, the next 12 months, which I think a lot of us would agree with. That's probably pretty stinking likely. So maybe you earn on average 10% for the whole year. If you choose to cash it out at the end of year one, then you lose three months worth of interest. So for example, you hold it for 12 months, you only get nine months. So if on average you earn 10%, that means you walk away with still 7.5% freaking interest <laughs> on a bond. Uh, you know, just compare that to a CD. You know, if you look at CD rates right now, you're lucky if you're getting like 1% to 1.5%. So this is a fantastic way to earn a lot more money. And now for a commercial break. Well, my friends, you may have heard me talking about all kinds of interesting investments the last few years. And now we've been talking stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and all kinds of traditional investments. But maybe, just maybe, you are curious in learning more about investing in land and what it is like to run a land business. Well, it would be my honor and pleasure to speak with you, guide you, direct you, and coach you through how I do the land business step-by-step, piece-by-piece to create maybe uh, something like what I've been able to do. If you have any questions, feel free to schedule a time with me, 30 minutes totally free with a strategy session. Call Robbie at 612 284 2409. Again, call us directly, 612-284-2409. We look forward to talking to you soon. And now, back to the show. Now, remember that rate could change. So you'll get 9.62% for six months. It could become eight. It could become seven. It could become six. It could become five. You could have... Um, have uh, no inflation in a year, and maybe you earn 2.5% or 3% or something. As interest rates rise, that benefits this. Um, 
as you buy new ones because you have a fixed rate that's higher. However, that interest rate will change every six months. So it's not locked in. I look at this as um, um, something that's a great alternative for a CD. And the reason I say this, or short-term money you're, you're keeping in the bank. Um, so for example, the most that the government is going to let you buy is $10,000 per person per year. So between you and your spouse, you could buy $20,000. If you bought it for your kids, you could buy, let's say you have two kids, you could buy $40,000 worth of bonds this year. Um, I think like for myself, um, if I was planning on buying a new car three years down the road and I had money in a savings account for that, gosh, I would use I-bonds for that because maybe I have 10 grand in, in a savings account, bam, could use it for that. Maybe I'm a little bit nervous about the stock market right now and I have money in money market that I don't want to deploy in stocks. Well, bam, you know, if you use $10,000 of that or $20,000 of that towards an I-bond. But the max you can do is $10,000 per year. So um, if you do it electronically. So um, you can't just slap $100,000 into these investments. And um, certainly that, uh, that penalty, if you choose to liquidate at 18 months or 24 months, you know, I think you could earn a very handsome and fantastic rate of return on these things in the short term. Uh, the, um, one of the other major cons besides the, um, the limits and besides the one-year commitment and the fact that, that you lose three months worth of interest that I would um, say is a con with these, these investments is um, in terms of organization. You have to keep track of them. And if you're doing electronically, you know, you're gonna have to keep a spreadsheet of some sort. These would be really easy to forget. And if you're not monitoring the interest rate, if you're not monitoring the amount and, and the bond numbers, you could very well like lose this money <laughs> if you're not keeping close track of it. It's not like a bank account that you're logging into it every single day to see what money you have in the bank. It's not like a brokerage account. You get notifications, oh, here, check your statement. You could potentially set and totally forget this which maybe for some of us is good, but I think for the most of us, it's bad because you'd have to communicate with your heirs if you passed away. Oh, by the way, I had this I-bond, which isn't gonna be as obvious as getting a monthly statement in the mail or quarterly from your 401k or whatever. So there is organization that you have to do around this too. But overall, you know, I think fantastic way to earn right now amazing rates of return that are equal to or better from stocks. I would make the argument that in a bear market, which we're, we were in as of June 7th, 2022, we got stinking close to it, like within a hair's length away from a bear market, but we didn't close there uh, with the S&P 500, that, hey, at negative 20, um, to me, you know, that's a 25% upside. 20 divided by 80. So if you go down by 20%, you're at 80. You could get back to 100, you know, that's a 25% rate of return. So, you know, I believe that's still more attractive even than this very handsome, um, incredibly low risk uh, rate of return uh, with bonds. Certainly at negative 30%, 
I, I do not think you can make the case easily that an I-bond is better than, than stocks, um, but certainly way better than what you're normally getting in bonds right now, which are negative returns as interest rates have risen. So um, I love the short-term play. I love this in lieu of CDs. I love this for short-term money you're going to use, or if you have um, a big chunk of your money in money market and you want some place to park it in the short term of the next year or two while you see how things play out. Um, it certain, certainly doesn't hurt you. Just the main thing I would put is the limits and the organization of keeping track of this stuff and the fluctuating interest rate. You got to keep track of that interest rate. If it goes back down to 4%, there's probably other things you can be doing that are better with your money. So I hope that's helpful. As you think about I-bonds, we're going to make sure to put a link in the show notes with um, how you can do it yourself right through the U.S. government. Um, again, um, this is not something I can do for clients. This is only something you can do for yourself. However, if you want to walk through it together, I'd certainly be happy to do that with you. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians, this is Dave Deniston. Remember, my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we are not appropriately registered or excluded. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. 
and may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.daviddeniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.